The following podcast is brought to you by the Station of the Cross. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. This is so thrilling. We have been, those of you who listen to the Station of the Cross, we have been together for, oh, I forgot how long, but a long time. And uh, Mother Miriam Live it, the, all, has been heart-to-heart with Mother Miriam for all this time. The only thing that's changed about the show, the program, is the name, Mother Miriam Live, because now we are live streaming through Station of the Cross and LifeSite News and the Facebook pages of both apostolates. It is so beautiful. Don't we love technology? I'm sitting here in Tulsa, and I can come to you live stream. And those of you who are not on Facebook or LifeSite News and are not able to see it live, same radio station, same program, same everything. You can call in with your questions, uh, toll-free, a text, email, uh, same as before, same email, same um, uh, toll-free number. The toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483, and the text is the same, uh, 1-877-511-5483, or you can email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Exactly the same as before, and for those of you who are uh, joining us new, uh, normally uh, we, uh, moi, I usually speak on some subject for the first, uh, until the first break, and then after the first break, uh, we take your calls, your emails, in the order they come in. And if they're calls, I I normally get to them uh, as soon as they come in, or as soon as I can. Um, as soon as we can do that. So I, I can't tell you how thrilled I am. I just can't tell you how grateful I am for life news and especially for the Station of the Cross and all you who have supported this program and the full apostolate of the Station of the Cross um, right from the beginning. Um, you know, in the world we live in now, where uh, evil is being manifest in an unprecedented rate, as never before, both outside the church, which we expect, but also within the church, which we don't expect, even though the scriptures tell us that in the last days, men's hearts will grow cold, and there'll be bishops against bishops, and if possible, even the elect could be deceived. Uh, Our Lady of Fatima, Lady of La Salette, Our Lady of Akita, um, all of them uh, has said these things. Our Lady of Good Success prophesied what would happen in the 20th century, and now we're in the 21st. Everything Our Lady has said all over the world is being manifest today. And what can we do? How do we stop the evil? It's just, you know, you put out you have one little, uh, you dump a little cup of water on the fire, but what does it do with a forest that's spreading faster than we can put it out? We don't. Uh, stop our efforts to put it out. But the only thing we can do, beloved, and the best,
best thing we could do, the most needed thing, is to live our faith. And we say, but how do we do it with my family who's not fully Catholic? How do I do it with a spouse who is not Catholic or who claims to be Catholic but doesn't live his or her faith? How do I do it in the workplace? How do I do it in government? How do I do it in the street? How do I do it in the midst of a world that's turned to God, from God? And there's one thing. How do I evangelize? What do I do? And I say one thing above all. Live as if it is true. Live as if it's true. Five words. Live as if it's true. That's it. That's all. Live with every cell in your body, with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. If you don't love yourself, then you're not going to love your neighbor. Love him as yourself. And people say, well, I don't love myself. Oh, yes, you do. When you're hungry, you eat. When you're cold, you put on a sweater. That's what God means. Meet his needs like you meet yours. That's loving him. God so loved the world that he gave. Love is a verb more than a feeling. We meet one another's needs. We can live that way. Well, how can I live that way? It means that when you vote, you vote only on Catholic principles. You would never vote for anyone that supports abortion, stem cell research uh, from infants to embryos, um, euthanasia, uh, anything in the form of marriage or unions that is not between a man and a woman. Um, the design God has given. Uh, oh, I forget the rest of them. I think there's a good five or seven points that are non-Catholic answers, calls them non-negotiables, and they are non-negotiables for a Catholic. Um, and so live your faith. Live as if it's true. You won't have to say a word if you live as if it's true, because your life will show it. Your language will show it. Your dress, your modest dress, men as well. Modesty is not just wearing long skirts. It means your deportment, how you carry yourself, how you walk, your speech, your words, your behavior. All of that has to do with modesty, men, as well as women. And so you'll be different. And don't worry about being mocked. You can't be mocked more than our Lord was mocked. Uh, Live your faith. And people in time like the Apostle Paul said about evangelizing the Jewish people, you live your faith, which will show people, regardless of what they think of Christ or God or your faith, you have a purpose for living every second you breathe, which they don't, and they will become jealous, and they'll say, what on earth do you have? We can't move you. We can't, we can't influence you. What is it? What do you have that we don't have? And then you're going to be able to tell them about the God who loved them and who gave themself, himself for him. So you say, but I want to live the truth, but, you know, I really haven't studied the faith. I haven't been really taught. I think there's three generations pretty much lost to the faith uh, in, in large measure. And, you know, I, I, how do I live it? My, uh, I'm not really formed. What do I do? Well, I'm going to begin by reading to you the creed of our faith. It's the Athanasian Creed, and it was formed, estimates are about the 4th century. There's different um, estimates, different uh, scholarly writings on 
uh, the authorship of it and the time of its writing, but um, the, the, probably the main consensus is around the 4th century. This is the Catholic faith. This is past the era of the Church Fathers, uh, not completely past, but um, St. Athanasius was, a, a, he's a doctor of the Church. This is the Catholic faith. Now, I'm going to read it to you. And it's, it's not, it's a page long. Um, but here's what's so important, beloved. This is not archaic. This is ever-present. God is not archaic. When he gave us his truth, when he founded his church, church, not churches, not denominations, the Catholic Church is not a denomination, it is the church our Lord founded. And it is the only religion God gave. God gave, formed a people Israel for his name, through whom he would bring the Messiah, the Savior of the entire world. And when he brought the Messiah, he established his church in the new covenant in the blood of the Messiah, as opposed to the old Mosaic covenant in the blood of goats and animals. This is the new covenant in his blood, the final lamb, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, the only sacrifice God accepted, the only propitiation, satisfaction for our sins. This is Israel, fulfilled in its Messiah, spread to the four corners of the earth for every tribe and tongue and people. This is what God gave. This is what God willed from the beginning. There is no other faith. There are millions of other faiths because God created us with the need for himself. Uh, Romans chapter 1 says he created each of us with the knowledge of himself and that the heavens declare the glory of God and his invisible works have been seen so that there's not one of us without excuse. We're not born with the knowledge, the specific revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God became man. But we are all born with the knowledge of God. And because we're separated from God, God has made, as St. Augustine said, a kind of a heart-shaped vacuum, and we are restless until we find our rest in him. Because no amount of love, marriage, money, success, whatever it is, can fill. Marriage is a good thing. Religious life, priesthood, the vocations are wonderful and God-given. But nothing will fill the hole in our heart that God alone made for himself. We can have temporary pleasures, but they won't last. We'll be empty. We'll say, why am I here? What is it for? And that is the hole that God wants to fill. And because man is separated from God, mankind, he wants to fill it. So he invents his own religion. And that's what it is. Someone once said, uh, I think very rightly, there's two religions in the whole world. There's a religion of man, man-made religion under a, a thousands of names, which is man trying to get back to God. And then there is what God made, which is the fact that none of us can get back to God. And so God, in an act of love that no one will ever be able to fathom, this or the other side of heaven, God came to man. See, God came to us died for the sin that separated us from him, rose from the dead to give life to all who will put their trust in him. Why him? Can I put my trust in myself? You can, but you will not be in heaven because nothing I could do could pay for my sin. 
I'll be separated from God for all eternity. Only my putting my trust in the Lamb of God, who died, who rose again from the dead, whose sacrifice is acceptable to God for my sin, who rose from the dead to give life. There is no other faith, and who came and established the church, the Catholic church, Catholic meaning universal, not a universal invisible body of believers. Israel wasn't invisible, and we are to be a city set on a hill. We are a visible body of believers, a visible institution, yes. And so there's nothing else. God has not willed any other religion. God has not willed any other faith than the Catholic faith. Now, people may say, you know, Mother Miriam, you're getting a little extreme here. You know, it's one thing if you want to try to teach truth. It's another thing for you to be a fanatic and think nobody else exists. No, 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 no. I know others exist. Uh, I know thousands of religions exist. But they are simply the route to Christ, who is the only way to God through the church he established. And every religion is what is the fruit, in a sense, of what God has done in man in finding a way to reach God. But if they are truly a God-seeker, if they are truly, they want to seek God and are not filled with pride and are able to get through certain culture and customs they've learned to really, what they've been raised in, to really go before God on their knees and say, Lord, if you're there, would you show me? Would you show me how to know you? Would you show me who uh, these Catholics and say your son is? And the Holy Spirit and the Trinity, the triune nature of God. I don't understand it. I don't want to leave the, the faith of my parents. They were evangelical Protestants. They were Mormons. They were Muslims, Jews. What am I supposed to do with that? I tell you what, beloved, anytime someone converts from another faith, they are coming all the way to the true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if you're Jewish, you will not be rejecting the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because that God is the triune God of Abraham and the God who sent his son. So we can go forever to talk about that. But I said what I'm going to do now is read the Athanasian Creed. And, beloved, this is the faith. And not only those of other faiths may shy away from this some, how strong it is, but I will predict that many Catholics will say, whoa, 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 you know, things have changed, we've been a little flexible, we've gotten with the times. I know they've changed. I know we've been flexible. I know we've gotten with the times, and we are wrong. There's only one faith, and the enemy, through his subtleness, has done all that he can to get us away from God. While, just like the frog in warm water, if you know the story, frogs love to be in room temperature, body temperature water. So you put a big pot on the stove with room temperature water. You put the little cute frog in there. He's really very happy. And you put the light on, simmer, and very, very slowly increases the heat. And as the heat increases, it's, he can't even tell, but his body adjusts to it easily. And he keeps adjusting until he boils to death. I think that's the exact analogy of our, cup, of our culture today. 
We are frogs in, in warm water who are boiling to death because we cannot even tell truth from falsehood anymore because it's the enemy's ploy to mix them up. Just a little truth gives him lots of room for falsehood and we don't see clearly anymore. And so I'm going to read this creed. I keep threatening to read it and I'm not reading it. I'm going to read it now before our time runs out. It's the Athanasian Creed and it says this, every word is true for today. Every expression, the way it's written, everything. If you're Catholic, beloved, this is what Catholics believe. If you say, well, I believe most of it, but I object to one point or two, you're not Catholic. Oh, yes, I am. No, you're not. To be Catholic is to believe God. To be Catholic is to believe the church Christ established, which he promised to lead into all truth till the end of time. Either God failed or he didn't. So if you don't believe one thing, you are not Catholic. Now, if you say, I believe it because I'm Catholic and I trust the church, but I don't understand it, well, that's a different thing. You need to study. The answers are there. Okay, here we go. The Athanasian Creed. Whoever wishes to be saved must, M-U-S-T, whoever wishes to be saved must, above all, keep the Catholic faith. Beloved, if you're an evangelical Protestant, as I was 18 years trying to save Catholics, you're going to say, no way, no way. If they keep the Catholic faith, they're going to be in Satan's system. All you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart. Wrong, 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 wrong. There was no evangelical Protestant Protestantism in the 4th century. This is the church, beloved. Whoever wishes to be saved must, above all, keep the Catholic faith. For unless a person keeps this faith uh, whole and entire, he will undoubtedly be lost forever. This is what the Catholic faith teaches. We worship one God in the Trinity and the Trinity in unity. Now, yesterday was Trinity Sunday, and I put this up on our website. If you want to read it, you can look up Athanasian Creed. You can go to our website for the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, and see it on our homepage as well. This is what the Catholic faith teaches. We worship one God in the Trinity and the Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, another of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, if we turn this into a theology class, we'd be here for a few months, but I'm just going to read it. But the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have one divinity, equal glory and co-equal majesty. What the Father is, the Son is, and the Holy Spirit is. The Father is uncreated. The Son is uncreated. And the Holy Spirit is uncreated. The Father is boundless. The Son is boundless. And the Holy Spirit is boundless. The Father is eternal. The Son is eternal. And the Holy Spirit is eternal. I'd love to comment, but we'll never get through this. I'm going to continue reading. Nevertheless, there are not three eternal beings, but one eternal being. So there are not three uncreated beings, nor three boundless beings, but one uncreated being and one boundless being. Likewise, the Father is omnipotent, the Son is omnipotent, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. Yet there are not three omnipotent beings, 
but one omnipotent being. Thus, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. However, there are not three gods, but one God. The Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, and the Holy Spirit is Lord. However, there are not three lords, but one Lord. For as we are obliged by, as, uh, by Christian truth to acknowledge every person singly to be God and Lord, so too are we forbidden by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords. The Father was not made, nor created, nor generated by anyone. The Son is not made nor created, but begotten by the Father alone. The Holy Spirit is not made nor created, nor generated, but proceeds from the Father and the Son. There is then one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. In this Trinity, There is nothing before or after, nothing greater or less. The entire three persons are co-eternal and co-equal with one another, so that in all things, as as has been said before, the unity is to be worshipped in Trinity, and the Trinity in unity. He, therefore, who wishes to be saved, listen, beloved, he therefore who wishes to be saved must believe thus about the Trinity. It is also necessary for eternal salvation that he believe steadfastly to the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thus, the right faith is that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is both God and man. As God, he was begotten of the substance of the Father before time. As man, he was born in time of the substance of his mother. He is perfect God, and he is perfect man, with a rational soul and human flesh. He is equal to the Father in his divinity, but inferior to the Father in his humanity. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. And he is one, not because his divinity was changed into flesh, but because his humanity was assumed into God. He is one, not by a mingling of substances, but by unity of person. As a rational soul and flesh are one man, so God and man are one Christ. He died for our salvation, descended into hell, and rose from the dead on the third day. He ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. And at his coming, all men are to arise with their own bodies and they are to give an account of their own deeds. Those who have done good deeds will go into eternal life. Those who have done evil will go into the everlasting fire. This is not a works righteousness salvation, beloved. This is Romans chapter 2. This is not just the fruit of faith, 
but the necessary fruit of faith. This is the Catholic, I added those two sentences, this is the Catholic faith. Everyone, everyone, everyone must believe it firmly and steadfastly. Otherwise, he cannot be saved. Amen. Uh Uh-oh. What about that? You know, beloved, Luke wrote in the book of Acts, chapter 4, there is no other name under heaven by which we must, not can, must be saved. And to say that the Catholic faith is the only faith that has through which we must be saved is the same thing. Christ is the head of his church. We are his body. There is no division between the head and the body. The Catholic faith, the universal faith, is the faith our Lord established on Israel as his root. Just as he gave Israel laws and uh, liturgy and hierarchy and all of that, so he gave the new church in his blood the same thing, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the same as he gave Israel for his full church with a hierarchy, with laws, with liturgy, with all of that. And anyone who does their own thing cannot be saved. Beloved, there's the break for our music calling. With anything on your heart, it does not need to be what we're speaking about. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Call in toll free one eight seven one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com and you can text at the toll free number as well. God bless you. This is Father Yatsuk Mazer. Please join me in a prayer to Saint Boniface. Dear Saint Boniface, our Holy Father sent you to evangelize Germany aided by monks and relying on God's grace, obtained through assiduous prayer, you made countless converts. O leader who died for the Lord, imbue us with great missionary zeal and help us in our spiritual renewal. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. 
The Station of the Cross offers online tutorials to help you get the most out of your iCatholic Radio app. You'll be introduced to our latest features and the opportunities available for not only listening to our live stream, but also to a variety of podcasts of our shows, prayers, and special presentations. For these tutorials and more, click on the iCatholic Radio link located on the Stations page of our website, thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. I am so thrilled to be with you now on Mother Miriam Live, what has been for so long heart-to-heart with Mother Miriam. Only the title has changed. Everything else is exactly the same. And you may call or email at any time or text um, at that toll-free number, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We're going to go to our first email uh, from Anonymous, uh, who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, My husband is a non-Catholic Christian, and we were married in the Catholic Church with zero formation. How can I fully live my vocation as a wife and still keep my promise to God about raising my child Catholic? My husband is a good man and has recently been attending Mass with us. However, I am struggling in how to let him be the head of our home when he is unwilling to show our child anything Catholic. I also do not know how to make him understand that I do not want to expose our child to materials that are not Catholic. God bless you. Signed, Anonymous. My dear Anonymous, there is a, a major problem here with what you've written. It is not for you, dear one. I know you're writing for help, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to holler at you straight off. It is not for you or for any woman, for any wife, to let her husband be the head of the home. It is not your job to le- allow him. It is the vocation God Almighty has given him. And woe be to you if you interfere with his vocation. You don't let him be the head of the home. You simply don't interfere with his being the head of the home. And if you love and respect him, you will be able to be God's love and witness to him beyond anything you've ever imagined. Now, even though when you got married, you had no formation, but yet your husband was, as you say, and is a non-Catholic Christian. Hopefully he was at least baptized. And you were married in the Catholic Church. If you were married in the Catholic Church, it means that you promised, including your husband, to raise your children Catholic. Um, and so all you need to say is, sweetheart, you don't have to show um, our baby what's Catholic you don't need to do that, honey. It, it, you you promised to, to raise our child Catholic, um, and it was on that basis that we, we had the marriage covenant. But 
I don't need to put that on you. I'm able to do that. You're a Christian. The Christian principles are there, sweetheart. I will be, I'll be happy to read the books and do all that. You don't have to teach Catholic doctrine. Um, of course, because of your vow, um, it would be a breaking of your vow to oppose it, sweetheart. But I can do that discreetly and, and, and not, we'll just live as a Christian family and I will, you know, help our child as much as I can without putting it right in your face. You see, um, so you say he is willing to show our child anything Catholic. You said he is unwilling. He doesn't have to, but he should not stop you. If he does, you lovingly say, sweetheart, we got married on that basis. None of us knew very much at that point, but we made a vow before God till death do us part. And so death is a lot stronger than showing our our child a Catholic book. So let's keep our vow before God and let him work it out. Um, If your husband, dear one, is beginning to attend Mass with you, that is absolutely huge. That is absolutely huge. So trust God, respect your husband, love him, and very gently remind him, sweetheart, I didn't know what I was talking about either, but we made a vow before God, and not just to the priest, but to one another and before God to raise our children Catholic. We need to keep that, honey. If we don't, we'll both be in in very serious um, shape before God. To to break a vow is very, very serious. Let's keep it, sweetheart, and let God work this out. And you say, I also don't know how to make him understand that I do not want to expose our child to materials that are not Catholic. Well, if he's showing them demonic, if he's showing your child demonic material, New Age material, that's one thing. You could say, honey, it's one thing to not teach our child Catholic, the Catholic faith on your part. It's another thing to teach that child what is against Christianity altogether. So if your husband wants to show your child Protestant books and talk to the child about that, don't worry about it. I don't know how old your child is, but there are wonderful Protestant books, and you they don't necessarily negate the Catholic faith, but they do by their omission, but you can fill that in. Not in your husband's presence. You can fill that in. You don't have to point out to your child where it falls short. Again, a lot has to do with the age of your child. If your child is old enough, then you can explain to your child that Papa's not Catholic, but he loves God. He's a wonderful man. He's Christian. He's beginning to come to church with us. Let's pray for him, sweetheart. And when he teaches you things about God, um, some of them, um, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be true. Some of it may lack the full understanding of the Catholic Church, but don't worry about it. You honor your dad. That's my counsel to you. We have another email from someone who writes in anonymously who says, My husband, our toddler, and I are going to be flying to visit his parents who are ex-Catholic, ex-Catholics and whose father is a pastor. My husband asked me, that if they choose to hold church service at their house this weekend, will I attend? Now, for those of you who don't understand that, there are many church houses and there are many Protestant pastors who have a 
Protestant church service in their home. This is not very unusual. And so uh, the question is, she said, my husband asked me that if they choose to hold church service at their house this weekend, will I attend? I said no, and he was not happy and accused me of being wrong and rude. Am I wrong in not wanting to be at a non-Catholic Christian home service and make our toddler be present as well? Please advise. God bless you, Anonymous. I'm... Oops, I I have an answer for you, and there's the music for our break, beloved. I will answer that. Keep us in suspense as soon as we're back from the break, beloved. Um, this is our second break, and it's going to be very short, and then we have the rest of the time all to ourselves. So call in, whether you're watching live stream or uh, Facebook, wherever you're watching or listening on your favorite station of the Cross Radio, call in or text toll-free at 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com with anything on your heart. God bless you. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Testament's second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, we read, Each must do as already determined, without sadness or compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Your heartfelt gift to the Station of the Cross can be doubled, as many companies offer gift-matching programs for their employees' charitable donations. Please check with your employer to see if gift-matching is an option for you. If you are retired, be sure to check with your former place of employment, as some companies will even match the donations of their retired employees. Thank you for supporting the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy to be with you, the same as always, but live streaming now that we can, well, I can't see you, but at least you could see me. So if I'm angry at you, you could see that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I am joking. So we have, um, uh, we had an email that I read just before the break, and um, I'll reread it again. My husband, our toddler, and I are going to be flying to visit his parents, who are ex-Catholics and whose father is a pastor. My husband asked me that if they choose to hold church service at their house this weekend, will I attend? I said no, and he was not happy and accused me of being wrong and rude. I Am I wrong in not wanting to be at a non-Catholic Christian home service? And make our toddler be present as well. Please advise. God bless you. Anonymous. You know, my dear one, I understand your heart, but I think you should attend. I think you should not only support your husband, but you should extend love to his um, parents. If it were a Buddhist service, if it were New Age, if it were demonic, if it were whatever, Islam, what if it was other things, um, it, would be, it would be different. But if it's Christian, non-Catholic Christian, and I'd even say Jewish, because those are the roots of our faith, I would urge you to attend. And because the truth is there in great, great measure, and it will give you an opportunity to enter into their world and to discuss the differences that you have, not by refusing to know where they're at. It'll, it would be an act of kindness and courtesy and respect on your part, and I would do it. Your baby is a toddler, and I don't think it'd be very much of a problem. If your baby was older and old enough to understand, then again, like I said with the seven-year-old boy before, you can explain this is not a Catholic service. Uh, Papa's parents aren't Catholic. They're Protestant, but we want to respect them and attend the service. If they serve communion, we will not be able to receive communion. And we'll know before. Uh, your, your dad could ask them before. You know, you could ask your husband, would they serve communion? But ask him with a kind heart, not a challenging heart. Not, well, will they serve communion? No, 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 sweetheart. Of course we'll go. Of course we'll go. Would you think your dad would normally serve communion at a house service? And if your husband says no, then just say, that's great. If he says no, don't say, well, I'm glad because I wouldn't have t- taken it. You don't need to be negative. And if he says, you know, yes, they do serve communion, I would say to your husband, sweetheart, will you please be able to explain to your dad that we love them, but it would be a sacrilege for us to receive communion. We're not allowed according to our faith, to receive communion other than in a Catholic church. And of course, if he asks why, then you explain. Just if they came to your Catholic church, they could not receive communion because we would be helping them commit a lie because they're not in communion with the Catholic church and you're not in communion with their Protestant faith. Um, you think they're sincere and all of that, um, uh, and you believe in Christ and, you know, a good part of the gospel, but but you're not able to be in communion, and it would be a kind of a lie to God to receive communion if they wanted us to. So speak kindly 
speak kindly. And at this point, since you've already said no to your husband, I'd go to him and say, honey, I'm sorry I answered so quickly and independently without really speaking with you much about it. But I got some counsel and I think I'm wrong. And I want to love and respect your parents and let God use that perhaps to help them to ask questions and to know our faith. Okay, that's what I would do, beloved. We have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously. And let me tell you, beloved, our phone lines are wide open. So you're welcome to call in anything on your heart or text toll free at one 877 Five one one five four eight three. We can even take more um, uh, emails at uh, mother at the station of the cross dot com, um, and um, I'll take the texts and the emails in the order that they come. And your calls, if you're waiting on the line, I'll try to take them sooner. We have a um, we had a caller who left a message offline and said her husband receives Holy Communion and has not been to confession in over 30 years. She cannot make him go to confession, but she does not know what to do. Can you please advise? She told him he brings condemnation upon himself, according to St. Paul. Would you suggest for her to make, would you suggest for her to make reparation? She goes to adoration. Well, the only way she could make reparation is, um, oh, would you suggest for her, his wife, to make reparation? Well, of course, she can do that. Um, you know, um, she needs to tell her husband that the church requires to go to confession once a year at Easter, but for mortal sin. Um, if there's no mortal sin, now, I, I stand to be corrected if I'm wrong, but it's once a year if there's mortal sin. If there's no mortal sin, I don't know as long as your husband is not, as long as he's in a state of grace for 30 years, he can receive communion. I'm not able to judge that. But I think the first thing to do, you've told your husband, sweetheart, you've told him that. Why he's so afraid to be confession, um, to go to confession is, of course, very, very concerning. Um, uh, two things I would do. I would get him a book um, titled, um, it's Confession. I think that's the whole word. The author is Vinnie Flynn, V-I-N-N-Y Flynn, F-L-Y-N-N, I think. And I think it's just called Confession. It might be other words. It's a very good book, and it really is a gentle, uh, good, gently persuasive, compassionate but clear book for those who have been away from the church for 20, 30, 40 years. Very good book. So I take a look at that, give it to your husband. The second thing I do is talk to your priest and say my husband has been away from, um, my husband has been away from the church for 30 years. Um, He's receiving communion. He will not go to confession. Is there anything you can do to help him, to call him, and ask him to come to you, to just speak to you in your office one day. Go out for coffee with him. Don't ask him to come to the confessional. Say, you know, whatever your husband's name is, Sam, Sam, you know, I'd love to have some coffee with you and talk and get to know you. Ask your, the priest to befriend your husband and spend time with him and find out the root of this. 
You can make reparation, but there's no substitute for him going to confession. And if he won't, at least the priest may get him to stop taking communion, you know. And maybe if uh, he can form, if he can gain the priest's confidence, he won't even have to go into the confessional. They could sit on a park bench and your husband can pour his heart out to the priest. The priest can bring his little stole with him in his pocket and pour his heart out there. So um, uh, the priest can help him. And it would be, uh, it would be, uh, he'd save a soul if he did that. Um, we have a text come in from Nancy who says, "My hello, mother. My family will be traveling and visiting national parks. We will spend a couple of days in Salt Lake City, Utah, where I know there are many Mormons, and I heard that we may approach." be approached by them. That is so funny. Such a funny statement. Uh, You know, I'm going to a park where I know there's many mosquitoes and I think we may be approached by them. That sounds so funny. Well, if they're doing their job, they'll be approached. You'll be approached by them because they're wonderful evangelizers. She says, I'm wondering if you could give some direction for how to understand the way to respond and witness to my Catholic faith. I want to give a good example to my teenagers and prepare them for what may happen. I appreciate any help you can give. Thank you. Well, um, I'll tell you uh, what has happened with me, with Mormons, and with others when they want to speak to me about their doctrine. I say, well, my goodness, I'm glad you've come. And they ask me their questions. And, of course, Mormons do not believe in the Trinity, in the triune nature of God, um, uh, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and so, um, and th- there's so many other things. Uh, they can begin to talk to you about Joseph Smith and other things. And if you were me, if you were me, I would say to them, you know what? Um, I would, I would be happy to listen to all that and read your book and all of that. But if, God isn't who he says he is in in Scripture, then nothing else matters. If God didn't send his Son to die for us on the cross and rise from the dead to give life to all who will put their trust in him, then nothing matters. Then nothing matters. Um, All of that. And so um, that's what I do. Uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, I say, if God is not who he claims to be, then I'm not his and I'm not saved and there's no salvation outside of Christ. And so nothing else matters. And they may say, yes, but look at this and look at Revelation, look at this. And I say, I don't want to be rude to you. I can look at those things, but I won't because nothing else matters if he's not God. So that's my approach. And I've done it. And there was a woman who came to my door I would say she was in her 50s. She had a, a teenager with him, a teenage young lady, and she was training her. And they couldn't get anywhere with me. And so they said, well, thank you. And they walked away. And I went to my car and they walked back. And the woman, the older woman with the teenage daughter, not daughter, but trainee listening, she said, you know, I don't believe what you believe, but I wish I had your peace. It was astounding. She was trained to say what she could say, and she didn't have all the answers. 
But she said, but I wish I had your peace. So now, Nancy, that's the key. Don't get defensive. Don't worry about not being able to be the best apologist. You have Christ. You have the peace the world can't give. And when your children see that you are confident in who God is and who they are, even if you don't have the other all the answers, they could say to you, Mom, wow, you really believe this stuff. You, you didn't even have all the answers. It doesn't even bother you. And you'll say, no, sweethearts, because I have the truth. I know whom I've believed. I know that. So that's what I suggest, Nancy. And there are wonderful books. There's a wonderful book. I think it's by Jason Everett, published by Catholic Answers. And it's called When Mormons Call. It's not a whole treatise on Mormonism. It is, but in very short answers. And it's answers to the way that Mormons are going to approach you with the main things they're going to say. And so it's called When Mormons Call. I get that book right now. Um, if you're on uh, Amazon, you can have it in two days. Catholic Answers, call them. You can have it right away. And um, you will read it, and you'll give it to your teenagers to read, and you'll be able to have a lot to help the Mormons with. But don't be defensive. You have life. That's what you have. And you know what? I'll tell you this last thing. My brother was an atheist. He worked now. He's Catholic. He was Catholic 16 before, years before me. He was an atheist. And he, would, he worked for IBM, and there was a gentleman there. David would challenge up and down with questions. And this good, good Catholic man could never keep up with David, could not get answers. He said, I don't know, David, I'll look it up and, and come back with the answer. And he, he couldn't always come back with the answers. And David wound up being Catholic for, uh, through many means. But he said to me that that gentleman, without knowing all the answers, is what led him to the Catholic Church because of his love for God and his confidence. And he would say to David, I don't know the answer, David, but I know God. I know that he's all-powerful. I know that he has all wisdom. I know that he's all-caring, that God is love. And I know that he has the answers, David. I don't have them, but God does. And David's an intellectual, and he couldn't get an answer out of that man. But what he got out of that man is his absolute faith in trust in God, which David doesn't have. You can have all the answers, but David longed for that kind of love and faith and trust and reason to exist. There's our ending music, beloved. It is so good to be here with you on the first day of Mother Miriam Live, to be with all of you on the Station of the Cross on radio, to be with you live stream. I see some of you have commented on Facebook. I can't get to everybody today, but I will get to you first thing tomorrow. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.
Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The Station of the Cross is a listener-funded, nonprofit organization. If this podcast has helped you in your spiritual journey, please consider making a donation. Donations can be made through our website, thestationofthecross.com, or by calling 1-877-888-6279. You can also donate right through our free iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for listening to and supporting the Station of the Cross, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity.